KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a journey through computation, data analysis, and real-world applications. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Monday, December 12th. We hear some of the personal stories behind the UC picket lines. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. The CDC has moved San Diego County into its medium risk level for COVID-19 as the cases continue to rise. The county is still averaging one death from COVID a day. Deputy Public Health Officer Dr. Cameron Kaiser says everyone should think about wearing a mask. Mass and vaccinations are part of that comprehensive strategy for keeping yourself better protected from respiratory viruses like COVID, flu, and the respiratory syncytial virus that people have heard about this year, RSV. Last week, there was a 70% increase in COVID-confirmed hospitalized patients. The family of a woman who died along with her two-year-old son in a fall from a third-floor walkway at Petco Park last year is suing the Padres and the city of San Diego for alleged negligence. The wrongful death lawsuit was filed last week in San Diego Superior Court by Raquel Wilkins' parents. The lawsuit alleges tables and benches at the ballpark were placed too close to a dangerously low railing. In January, San Diego police announced the deaths had been ruled a murder-suicide. The San Diego County Department of Animal Services is hoping to find homes for animals at their facilities. So this holiday season, they are offering a Santa Paws adoption special. To adopt a pet all December, it will cost you only $12. There are different types of animals available to adopt, including dogs, cats, pigs, bunnies, and more. All animals will be spayed or neutered, have vaccinations, a microchip, and a one-year license for dogs. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Striking UC academic workers have put their picket lines on hold for the winter break after agreeing to mediation with university negotiators. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez introduces us to some of them who say they will not give up what they consider the fight for their lives. 25-year-old Anup Pratura is an accomplished musician who riffs on his electric guitar in the comfort of his North Park apartment he shares with a roommate. He's also an avid surfer, and he is one of more than 7,000 graduate, postgraduate, and academic workers on strike at UC San Diego. We're doing world-class research in our labs. We're providing some of the best teaching that you can get anywhere in the country. You know, all of that is given by graduate students. I wish I understood the disconnect of why I was forced to live in my car, other than the fact that the UC will do anything it can to, you know, not pay us the wages that we deserve. I used to have a mattress sitting up here, down in here, 
of a uh, water tank. Pretura was homeless and lived in his Toyota Tacoma for almost two months early this past summer because the apartment near campus he shared with three roommates was destroyed in a flood caused by a sewer line break. It just kind of was like a week by week thing where I kept thinking that, you know, by next week I'll find a place that I can afford and I'll be able to move out of here. And, you know, just with how little money I was making, I just couldn't even qualify to apply to most places. And while he was homeless, living in his car, he also got COVID. UC academic workers only make between twenty-four dollars and $30,000 a year. That is at the heart of the labor dispute. It's just very expensive to buy a car and, you know, keep, keep it up, and I don't feel like I could do that financially. Ahmed Akhtar moved from Chicago to San Diego almost six years ago. He's never been able to afford a car. He has been a UC teaching assistant, graduate researcher, and continues to work on a PhD in physics. His housing scholarship will soon run out, leaving him in limbo. That prompted him and his colleagues to form a new union called Student Researchers United. Teaching assistants and postdoctorate researchers were already unionized under the United Auto Workers of America. The new union is also under the UAW, which offers significant financial and bargaining power. For the longest time, student researchers didn't have a union. We didn't have this tool for, for getting rights, for enforcing our rights, for protecting our rights, and, and now we do. All right. I was told to announce that there's going to be an info session or some sort of... The strikers are also fighting for better working conditions. They want learning and research environments free of harassment and bullying, alleged by union members to be common among tenured professors and administrators. International students want protection from unjustified threats of having their visas revoked without cause. Varun Ramaprasad is here from India. He is willing to accept the risk of joining the union and being visible on the picket lines. I think it will be worth it. I think we have already made like huge gains, but the UC is like trying to not negotiate and then not try to uh, give us what we deserve, but we are going to keep fighting for it. For academic workers, this is a fight for survival. Anup Pretura is grateful to be housed again. He's not sure the dream of getting his doctorate is still moving in the same direction. It could be on hold for a bigger purpose to help prevent others from suffering his pain and past. I want to fight to build a system, a coalition, a union where people don't have to go through that. You know, if it wasn't for my community, I'd, I, I, don't know, I don't know how I would have made it. And that's why, you know, something like a union is so important to me because that is the essence of community and how community can be there for you. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. California utility regulators moved this month to prepare for the state's transition away from natural gas. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. The California Public Utilities Commission passed new rules that require utilities to seek approval for individual natural gas projects that are worth more than $75 million. Commissioner Cliff Rekshoffen says requiring approval for each project gives regulators the chance to consider if the spending is needed. We're not throwing good money after bad. We're not investing in new projects that could shortly become stranded assets that ratepayers are, are saddled with. Before the rule changed, natural gas projects worth hundreds of millions of dollars 
could be buried in expensive general rate increase requests. The new rule requires additional scrutiny. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. It may look like there is a lot of construction underway in San Diego, but the city is far below the estimate of 13,500 new housing units a year to keep up with the population. A study commissioned by the San Diego City Council looked into the reasons the city is behind. The study blames San Diego's building department and the myriad of permit regulations and lack of up-to-date equipment as some of the major speed blocks to more housing construction. iNews source reporter Cody Delaney says lack of staffing is also one of the major issues. The city's building department has severe staffing challenges. Um, one out of every three positions that deal with permit applications are unfilled, and close to half of the department's staff have fewer than five years' experience. On top of that, the staff members they do have don't have the tools to most efficiently review these applications. Some of the recommendations stated in the report include technology upgrades and revamping the permitting process. The city also hopes to hire 44 new positions by next month to help process applications. Would you swallow a small monitor to find out what's going on in your gut? KPBS SciTech reporter Thomas Fudge tells us about a new way to see if your metabolism is working right. It's the size of an oblong pill and is an electronic monitor that runs on glucose. It sits in your intestine and can track sugar levels and whatever else it's designed to check. After a day or two, it comes out the other end. UC San Diego engineering professor Patrick Messier led the discovery team. He says the experimental device, it's been tested in pigs, can chemically probe a part of you that's very hard to reach. Currently, what goes on in the gut can only be tested with stool samples or by forcing a tube down your throat. He says a monitor can be faster and easier. It's a wireless device, so you can get real-time information of what's going on in the dynamical environment inside your gut and read it out on your phone. Mercier is the co-director of UCSD's Center for Wearable Sensors. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. Coming up, we have details on some of the most popular holiday light displays around town. We'll have that next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. It's the time of year when people around the county decorate their homes with everything from lights and tinsel to an inflatable reindeer pulling a Santa Claus and nativity scenes. And it's all part of why so many people refer to this as the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time. KPBS arts producer Julia Dixon-Evans gets into the holiday spirit 
and rounded up some of the most popular light displays around town. And she's here to share them with us. Hi, Julia. Hi, Debbie. Let's start with a long-standing tradition in town, the San Diego Bay Parade of Lights. What do we need to know about this boat parade? Yeah, so this is the 52nd annual installment of this parade. There'll be something like 80 boats, and it's all free. You just find a spot along the route to watch. You can find a schedule online of when the parade is expected to pass certain points along the waterfront. It starts from Shelter Island, and it heads to the recent addition of Cesar Chavez Park, and then it hooks around to finish at the Coronado Ferry Landing. And it happens over two weekends. And the final parade, the final weekend, is this Sunday, the 18th, starting at 5.30 p.m. And it's expected to finish around 7.30. And of course, one of San Diego's most beloved tourist destinations is the Hotel Del Coronado. For the holidays, they deck out the grounds with a musical light show, which has a very long history at the hotel. What can you tell us? Yeah, so the Hotel Dell's outdoor holiday light show goes all the way back to 1904, so 118 years ago, when it was the site of the world's first outdoor Christmas tree to have electric lights. It was the Norfolk Pine on the Founder's Lawn, and there's a lot more than just the one tree now. So first, um, the entire hotel building and all the surrounding palm trees, they're rimmed with lights. And then on the Founders Lawn again, the Grove of Pines sets the stage for this big light show with music. So you can just kind of settle in on the lawn and look up. And it's about an 11 minute show. It runs every half hour from five to nine nightly and through New Year's Day. So this is free, no reservations are needed, but if there has been rain, you might wanna check with the hotel about potential cancellations. And how about one in East County, Spring Valley's Enchanted Village? I understand this one is amazing. What can you tell us about this one? Yeah, it's held near Steel Canyon High School at Noah Homes, which is a nonprofit organization for housing and opportunities for individuals with developmental disabilities. And the Enchanted Village is it's ticketed. Prices range from about 14 for kids to 22 for adults, and the proceeds do benefit the organization. And they take over the grounds. There's acres worth of lit up walking paths. There's light tunnels, gigantic candy canes, and in total, over a million lights. And there's also entertainment and food and drink to buy. There's characters dressed in costumes, and Santa is there every night. And this one runs December 16th through the 22nd from 5 to 8, and you'll want to get tickets in advance for it. Too much fun. How about in North County? Yeah, the California Center for the Arts Escondido has a free light display, and it's open daily to the public at sunset through January 2nd. And there's a big rainbow light tunnel that's the centerpiece of this one. But there's also a bunch of LED trees and some light shows, too. And there's another ticketed option at the San Diego Botanic Garden in Encinitas. What do you know about Lightscape? So this is like an illuminated art exhibition that's also kind of a short hike along a trail. And this is another one that boasts over a million lights. It's about a mile long path with a bunch of different light installations. There's the Winter Cathedral, which is a massive golden light tunnel. There's also a fire garden. And this is ticketed. You do have to book a timed entry to the exhibit, ranges from 13 to $29, but it is cheaper if you're a member of the Botanic Garden. And it runs every day from the 14th through the 23rd, and then it will reopen on December 26th through New Year's Day. 
Well, thank you, Julia. These all sound great. For more things to do for the winter holidays, you can visit our special calendar listings at kpbs.org/winterholidays. Happy holidays. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day.